feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, presumed human remains have been pulled from debris tied to the Ocean Gate submersible that had imploded when it was on its way to the Titanic wreckage 10 days ago. The U.S. Coast Guard announcing just a little bit ago uh, that they have found what they believe are presumed human remains recovered from some of the debris. And that is now being analyzed. As we know, of course, all five victims, sadly, that were on that Ocean Gate sub had perished. And of course, it was uh, a very quick implosion, they believe, as it was going down to see the Titanic wreckage. And now we are hearing that indeed presumed human remains may have been pulled, uh, they believe, from the wreckage that they have been discovering on the ocean floor. And of course, we will keep you posted. Our thoughts and prayers, of course, with all the family members. What a horrible and sad, tragic end to what was supposed to be uh, an exciting moment of exploration. And uh, you can stay tuned to the show for any more details that we get on that. Meantime, we are talking about some big news coming in the Hunter Biden investigation. And just a few hours ago on Cats and Cosby, which I am so thrilled that I'm hosting at 5 to 6 p.m. on WABC. Well, we had James Comer join us in studio. He, of course, is head of the House Oversight Committee. And boy, did he have some bombshells. Take a listen, because he did not pull any punches. He just went for it and talked a lot of details about the investigation and revealed a lot of new details. Here is Congressman James Comer. It's a huge puzzle. This was organized crime. That There's no other way to define it. This was organized crime. And what they did, uh, and you saw it in the FBI Form 1023, uh, where the Ukrainian oligarch, said that no one would ever be able to figure out all these wires they were sending to Biden because they were using so many different banks and shell companies. Uh, this was something that uh, I would say is going to top out around 30 to 40 different banks uh, and about that many different shell companies. So so this is uh, an organized attempt by the Biden family to hide the source of money flowing into these shell companies and to d- distract from the IRS so they wouldn't have to pay taxes on it. And that's exactly what the IRS whistleblowers allege uh, in the transcribed interview with the Ways and Means Committee, that uh, the Biden family never paid money on any of these wires that came into these shell companies. And he also said that he is connecting the dots, as you just heard, 30 to 40 different banks, many of the same number in terms of shell companies, like one big sort of puzzle, connecting all the dots, connecting all the pieces. And then we also asked, so what is the latest on the investigation? Here's a status update. Where are you in the investigation into Hunter Biden and, of course, his father? Well, uh, we've been very transparent with the American people about the bank records that we found. Uh, we found uh, 19 shell companies that the Bidens had. Uh, the sole purpose of those shell companies appeared to be to launder money from foreign nationals to at least nine different 
Biden family members. Now in the last uh, five days, we've gotten more bank statements in from more banks. Uh, when we had access to the suspicious activity reports at Treasury, we found more bank accounts, more shell companies, and more Bidens. So uh, we're going to continue to pour through these bank statements and uh, work to try to uh, determine how much money the Bidens took and what role Joe Biden played in all of this. And then we asked him basically, well, how much money are you looking at? How much money exchange hands? Uh, and how much money do you think went into Hunter Biden and other Biden family members? Listen to this big number. How high could you estimate the amount of money being that could have flown into the Biden crime family? I'm confident it'll be at least 17 million and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it got to close to 30 million dollars. So we're we're talking about some some real money here uh, and I'm not counting like with the first transaction we disclosed was 3 million dollars from the Chinese Communist Party to the Robinson Walker LLC account. From that the Biden's got 1.3 million. I'm not counting 3 million, I'm counting 1.3 million. So you know, the, the transactions could exceed 40 million plus, but a lot of times in these shell companies, they had other owners of the shell companies so that they could disguise the, the revenue and, and hide the revenue from either the IRS or the federal authorities or, or whomever. And as you hear the entanglements, boy, does it just look fishy. All these different bank accounts. And again, in that particular one, going to Rob Walker who was a business associate of Hunter Biden. We also know that Chairman Coleman was telling us that it looks like also Devin Archer will be testifying sometime coming up in the next few weeks. That is going to be a biggie. He, of course, is on the Burisma board with, of course, Hunter Biden. And if you look at all the dots and the evidence that he could have, uh, of course, he's had a history, of course, of, you know, in criminal charges himself, but he's certainly an interesting person because he could know where all the bodies are buried. He could know where all the details are in this particular case. And apparently he is in communication with James Comer's committee. So that could also be a biggie. The other thing, too, is James Comer didn't rule out that at some point they probably will ask Hunter Biden himself to testify before his committee. He is planning on having a whole bunch of different people come in and also get them on videotape, get their depositions recorded, hear what they have to say, and then also decide what to disseminate to the American public. But he says they are going for this. And clearly, all the different dots, when you hear the kind of money that we're talking about, somewhere he said between 17 to $30 million dollars, And it's basically strewn all over the country, too, and all over many different continents. I mean, he says it goes into the Middle East, that apparently the brother, Joe Biden's brother, was doing business that's questionable in the Middle East. Also in Africa, places like Congo, Hunter Biden claimed to have had some business issues with Congo, said, oh, no, I didn't really make any money or whatever the case is. He says that there's a whole bunch of explosive stuff there. Of course, Romania, China, Ukraine and Russia. Boy, is this a bombshell. And as he is connecting all the dots and determining where the money went, which particular company did it go to? And ultimately, will he show a trail that ends up, that's the key, to the President of the United States? 
And what were the quid pro quos? What were the deals? What was they getting in return? They were getting access, uh, whether it was to farmland or whether it was to energy interests, a whole bunch of different things were on the table. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Where do you see the investigation headed? I firmly believe after spending time and talking with James Comer today, he joined us here in studio. Absolutely. I think so much of the focus and obviously all the issues surrounding Joe Biden and the Biden family really rests on his shoulder and his committee's shoulder. All of this trailing of the money, because at that point, if you can show that indeed there is a money trail that suddenly comes in, as we know from this Chinese businessman tied to that WhatsApp message, remember that suddenly there are reports that all this money, like $5 million came in, and then soon after a whole bunch of other money came in tied to Hunter Biden Associates, then tagging it to Hunter, then if he can ultimately tag it and show that it ended up at to Joe Biden's, whether it was a Joe Biden account Or was it maybe something else that Joe Biden might have benefited from? Was it like a house payment or was it something else? Suddenly all this money and showing the trail. Boy, would that be explosive. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bogdan. Line one. Bogdan, your thoughts about all this? Uh, Hi. Yes. Hello, Mistress Cosby. My name is Bogdan from Ukraine. I used to work uh, in cafeteria at uh, Burisma uh, years ago. Bogdan, 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 hang hang on. All right. You know, first of all, I'm not sure where you're calling from, uh, but but, uh, I I think we need to do a little bit better job vetting you. But we'll go to Teddy in the meantime. Teddy, go ahead on line two. Uh, yes, real, before I give my viewpoints on this, I'd like to express how you reacted and were condescending towards me after listening to PJ and Norm. When you give them all the opportunities to speak and then to be condescending about me, and then you participated in it. Okay? I, uh, Teddy, I Teddy, hang on, Teddy, it. Teddy, but chill out, Teddy, chill out. Chill, chill, Teddy, first of all, you got to calm down. Okay, we take we we that. take we take calls from everybody, Teddy. So, and I'm happy to hear from you, which is why we always take the call from you and hear it from everybody. And Stan, and you have been critical uh, about other callers on the show, and I'm happy to let you guys say what you think, um, and, and vice versa, because it's it's America. It's so, so go ahead, Teddy. Okay, I'm going to express my viewpoint on DJ. He is an idiot. As far as I'm concerned, he's got his head up his behind. He could never take any of my math courses that I've taught. He doesn't even know what. All right, Teddy, 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 Teddy. Hang on, hang on. This is not where you can like take out your like personal issues on on another particular person. If you want to talk about the topic, why don't you sit and listen to the show, and then you can call us back. But listen, I don't mind people getting emotional about issues, and I don't mind when you get emotional about issues. I think it's good that we hear from everybody, but but the show is not about you venting about another particular caller uh, and and your personal issues. But I am happy for people to talk about topics 
If you want to get other points in, you're welcome to, but I will always hear from you. And I'll all hear, hear from all sides because that's what America is all about. That's what makes America great. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael. This has been an interesting night. Go ahead, Michael. Your thoughts about all this. Okay. Uh, what I said was that now, now the hunter has become the hunted. Now, a comment, a comment about the uh, suspicious activity reports. There was word about mm, maybe six months ago that Biden told the Treasury Department, stop, stop with these SARs. I'd like to know if that is the truth. That's a great question. And in fact, you're right. There were a lot of reports that he had stopped with that. And I believe that that is indeed the case, um, that he did stop with making that. But that doesn't mean that the prior ones do not exist. Uh, in other words, they do. I do believe that all the other past ones are still there on record. And in fact, that was one thing that we heard from James Comer today, um, even indicating that once he finds banks, and he finds particular issues, then he can say, hey, look, can you, you know, do a trigger for us and see if there were any suspicious activity reports by this particular bank from this date to this date. Uh, but he can't sort of just do a blanket one and say, hey, I'd like this. But if he can kind of pinpoint it time and location and at least give a sort of general sense of timing, then he can actually go back and get those ones retroactively. So and remember, a lot of these issues, Michael, are ones that happened when Joe Biden was vice president. They're not necessarily ones that are current. So even if Biden puts the kibosh on current ones, it doesn't uh, retroactively affect him from getting ones in the past. Uh, they're not happy that they're getting out there, but those are a really good source of information. That was a great question. Michael, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. It's an interesting night here. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And more revealing Hunter Biden messages coming out from the Oversight Committee as we were talking with Chairman James Comer just a few hours ago. Uh, this is really interesting. This is a Hunter Biden WhatsApp message. Remember, there was that first one with Hunter Biden saying, I'm right here with my father. I'm sitting right here with my father. My father says, uh, which certainly ties in and brings in his dad. Here's another one that just came out. Uh, and again, this is coming from the iCloud. These are like bonafide messages from Hunter Biden. It says, I can make $5 million in salary from any law firm in America. If you think it's about money, it's not. The Bidens are the best at doing exactly what chairman wants from this partnership. And this is apparently to another Chinese communist official. So it sure sounds like the mob, the way they're talking. My goodness. It's like, uh, we can uh, shake you down. We're the best ones who can do the favors. Wink, 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 wink. Um, boy, 
things are getting very interesting on all of these fronts between the messages, the comments you just heard from James Comer, and there's a whole bunch more that we're going to be talking about also here in the show. Also, the whistleblower's attorney we spoke to, this is Gary Shapley, and Gary Shapley himself, the whistleblower, is also speaking out saying that there were roadblocks every step of the way almost in the Hunter Biden investigation. So the plot is definitely thickening. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex, line four. Alex, your thoughts about all this? Boy, it's getting thick. Oh, man, it is, of course. And you know what? He says that we're the best at doing this stuff that the executive, Chinese executive wants. Well, what's your history, Hunter? What other favors has he done for maybe law firms in the country? He's done some corrupt things like he's admitting that he ha- that they know what they're doing. What other Biden family members are good at this corruption as well? But the fact that he's threatening this Chinese person is evidence that not only did Hunter get money from them right up until now, we thought maybe he got money in the Chinese were paying him, obviously, only because his father was Joe Biden and they wanted to bribe him for, say, let's say now when they're thinking of invading Taiwan so that Joe Biden shouldn't invade because of all this money they gave him. But now we clearly know, right, if you're threatening, it means that you did your part of the deal and you're asking for the money in return. That's absolutely what's at play here, because otherwise, why would he be threatening them if they're just giving him money and they're saying, hey, sweetie, take the money? Right. Yeah, that's a great point. You're right. You're right. It's like I've delivered. And now it's your turn to deliver uh, money bags, you know. Um, And and the way you hear it, it's like we are the best at doing this. I mean, the kind of language, it almost feels like feels like you're like in uh, Sicily, you know, and like a scene out of The Godfather almost. Uh, It is really stunning. And I think it calls for absolute investigation. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a really powerful story coming from Sanford, Florida, where police officers there took some quick actions to help save a female driver and her two young children after their vehicle submerged in water. And it happened just a few days ago. 
officers Amon and Hamlin responded to an area where they found the vehicle in the water. The police officers immediately jumped in and they were very thankful to be able to remove the woman and her two young kids from the vehicle and bring them back onto dry land. The Sanford Police Department posted on their Facebook that the two youngsters were thrilled that this led not only to them being recovered and doing okay, but then soon afterwards, the kids were taken on a full tour of the patrol vehicles with lights and all and said that they were very happy to see that. And also, of course, most importantly, were happy that they were doing okay. What a beautiful story and bravo to our great law enforcement for saving this woman and her kids and also for them to get a lucky tour of the patrol vehicle with the lights and everything else. Well, we are talking about the investigation into Hunter Biden. And boy, it seems like it sure is escalating. Now we've got all these different whistleblowers coming forward. There's also the documented whistleblower, too. Remember in the information that was coming from the FBI whistleblower, you've got the IRS whistleblowers coming forward. And you have a whole series of different committees that really are looking at this in a big way. You've got those who are looking at the IRS part of it, looking also to see was there a potential meddling by Merrick Garland, the attorney general. It sure seems so, according to these whistleblowers. And also, if they can prove what these whistleblowers are saying, if they can corroborate that indeed there was meddling all the way up to the attorney general of the United States, Uh, Well, certainly the attorney general needs to be hauled before Congress. He also needs to be grilled before Congress. And it shows that he's lying, potentially, if it comes down to that, where that potentially is exposed. He should absolutely be impeached and removed. There is no question he should not be interfering or his office interfering in any shape or form with these investigations. It's just completely unethical and also He said under oath that there was no interference, that the U.S. attorney was unfettered. He could basically do what he wants. And that's not what the whistleblowers are saying. And now James Comer, in this interview that we did with James Comer, James Comer is very clear saying that there are very many, like dozens of different bank accounts coming from a whole bunch of different banks, different businesses, Very much sort of a shell game, just even looking at all the different companies that are involved. And it looks like it's clearly done to basically hide money, that it's going from one bank account to another bank account to another one, and then ultimately ending up in a Biden family member or a business tied to a Biden family member. And when you hear the numbers, it is stunning. We're talking about anywhere from 17 to $30 million is what James Comer says somehow got to the Biden family, and it's looking very much like a quid pro quo. And some of these messages, again, are stunning. It's almost like you're, I feel like we're hearing the mob basically talk in some of these WhatsApp messages that are coming from Hunter Biden, again, via his uh, iCloud account. The latest one saying to this uh, Chinese communist business guy, quote, the Bidens are the best at doing exactly what chairman wants from this partnership. I mean, it sounds like a scene out of The Godfather. Uh, Boy, the American public needs to find out what is going on. Was America for sale? Was American policy for sale by this president? 
And was Hunter Biden sort of the the point person, clearly? And somehow all this money ends up in family members or maybe things tied to Joe Biden. Let's see where it goes. Uh, But boy, we need to get to the bottom of this. We need transparency and we need it urgently. 1-800-848-9222. Here's a little bit more of what James Comer told us a few hours ago. You mentioned other countries, uh, obviously Romania, China. Those are the two countries we've already disclosed transactions. We're about to disclose transactions from Ukraine uh, as well as Russia. Uh, then they, the brother uh, that people forget about, Joe Biden has a brother uh, that was a, a Huge influence peddler. He dealt mainly in the Middle East. So you have uh, four or five countries in, in the Middle East that, that he influenced peddled on. And then there's also countries in, in Africa where Hunter Biden was actively involved in, in influence peddling and where Joe Biden was involved in foreign policy decisions. So uh, this was an organized family crime unit, essentially. Uh, and, and the business model was to profit off of Joe Biden's influence as vice president and future influence as president. I think. Wow. An organized family crime unit. And what exactly were some of these questionable officials asking for? Here's a little bit more. Take a listen to what sort of was the quid pro quo. When you're talking about the Chinese money, uh, this was the what they were asking the Bidens to do was to help them buy interest in not just energy companies, but also the infrastructure, natural gas drillers. They wanted to buy farmland. They wanted to buy interest in manufacturers of defense uh, equipment. Anything that China could buy an interest in in the United States without, you know, having to be blocked by the the, the barriers to entry, they were going to use the Bidens to navigate the federal bureaucracy. So this president when he was in the private sector, and he was the big guy, make no mm. mistake, he was the big guy. That company's <laughs> business model was to help China gain entry into any industry that they could invest their their tons and in tons of words, cash in. In other words, anything they could get around some of the roadblocks. And Joe Biden, even according to this message, the Biden family is the best at doing what you want, Mr. Chairman. Let's go to Steve. Line two. Steve, your thoughts about this. Confiscate the Corvette. It's evidence and it's a gas guzzler. Also, (laughs) Joe Biden's favorite possession, even above his grandchild. And I think that um, it's time that he be punished in a way that is tangible to him. Ah, but what about the shades? Remember, he likes the, the, the sunglasses, too. Those are also uh, beloved. With Corvette. <laughs> By the way, if that Corvette could talk, Steve, think about what that Corvette has seen between Hunter being there, uh, Joe being there. That's uh, right. And the, the, it blew its top. It's a convertible, after all. It heard everything he was doing, and it blew its top. <laughs> Very good, Steve. You are terrific. Thanks so much. Uh, let's go to Judith, line four. Uh, Judith, if the Corvette had ears, go ahead. <laughs> Hi, um, Rita. You know something? Uh, you just played something, a clip from uh, before, and then it kind of gave me an answer, so I asked the screener. I want to know. First of all, I want to say, 
the Biden IRS scandal. All right. I'm going to call it the Biden IRS scandal. That alone should put them in jail. All of them, starting with Joe and Hunter and all the others, because, you know, uh, not uh, hiding money, whatever, and uh, being going against the IRS. That is, uh, you know, they should be put in jail for that right off the bat. And I wanted to know, what is it that these Bidens actually did to all these for these countries like in China, Ukraine? So now I heard the answers. And the truth is, you're, you're seeing it now. Uh, China has been buying up farms all over the place, buying up all kinds of stuff, basically owning, you know, coming, running. You know, it's just very scary. It's very scary what they've been doing. You it know? is. And, and, and um, the other thing, too, did you hear, Judith, too? The other thing I found also really scary when James Comer was telling us, getting into, like, the energy sector, defense companies, I mean, terrible, why? That's terrible. that's scary. Remember, you know, yes. we're we're clearly, you know, in an economic war, you know, with China. Uh, they're clearly our adversary. They're also looking at building, you know, as we know, uh, sending military to a spy station in Cuba, which is 90 miles off the U.S. coast of Florida. Right. Um, right. So why are they buying? You know, that's a little creepy thinking that they're trying to buy interest in defense companies. What are they planning? I mean, that that's well, very nefarious. Rita, uh-huh. they, 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 China did all these islands and promised that it's not going to be, you know, militarized. And sure enough, every one of them is, you know, and so like they're really on the move. But let me, you know, I want to tell you something. These corrupt politicians, they stick together, Rita. You know, uh, Burisma, this whole thing with Burisma, do you know that one of the partners is George Soros? And also, um, you know, Joe Biden's not the only one that's been having his uh, hunter over there getting, uh, I don't know how much millions. Do you know that there is Nancy Pelosi? Then you've got Mitt Romney. You've got John Kerry. Their kids have also been involved, I think, in Brisno and energy things. They stick together. That's why all of them are, like, protecting each other. That's uh, for some odd reason. It's, it's, there's so much corruption, Rita. We don't even know the half of it. Yeah, you bring up some great points, Judith. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Nancy in California, Line 6. Nancy, your thoughts? Oh, thanks, Rita. Hey, you have the greatest show. I can listen to anything I want, you know, and I just love your show. You, you, uh, you know, the whole country, I can watch, listen to anybody, and you're the best. And um, I really believe in freedom of speech, so I really like how you let people talk. Thank and, you. Um, even on your own show. Yeah, I mean, it's your show. You can you can cut people off, and you're just so classy and so cool. You are a true role model. Thank you, and Nancy. You're you, kind of woman you're a sweetheart. With. You are a Thank sweetheart. You. And by the way, you sound awesome, too, Nancy. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. And uh Keep listening and calling in anytime. You're terrific. Thank you very much. Let's go to Al, line eight. Go ahead, Al, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, Rita, I wanted to say in regards to uh, implementing the president, Joe Biden, as you know, I I heard today uh, Chairman Comer on uh, Katz and Cosby. Implementing or implicating? Implicate, yeah. Well, the thing is, I think like you've always stressed, you even asked the question, to the congressman from Kentucky today, I think you need a smoking gun. It's like, for instance, the senator who in the late 70s got caught up with the chic in uh, ab scam. You know, you have to have tapes or you have to have recordings. I think nobody wants to see Joe Biden leave office more than myself. Uh, I think he's done an awful job, but I think it would be 
it wouldn't serve a purpose to bring articles of impeachment if you don't have a smoking gun. So I think like you always stressed, I even think you questioned the congressman today. Are we going to see these tapes? Are there any videos? So I think that's so important in this case. Absolutely. And by the way, Al, um, I'm so glad you brought that up because, as you know, I, I, I'm fair to everybody. I mean, that's right. to me, that's where I want to hear the, the truth. Wherever it goes, the American public deserves to be fully aware of what it is. And I asked him, as you heard, about the yes. audio tapes. I thought that was really fascinating because I was curious yes. what's going on. Remember these Burisma tapes where... According to that very well-known informant, a very well-regarded informant within the FBI, apparently it was like one of their top informants, uh, that informant said that he was aware from the Burisma executive that he recorded conversations, he claimed, uh, with 15. There were 15 recordings with Hunter and two with the president, then vice wow. president. Now, I asked the question you heard as you heard. I, and I think it's important. I want to share it with everyone because I'm so glad you brought this up yeah. to me. This is interesting. I said, what's the latest with those? Are you trying to track down the Burisma executive? And he said, right. as you probably heard live with us, he said um, that he has heard that the guy may still be alive. Nobody has seen him or heard from him in a while, but that the daughter of the guy is alive and that the daughter apparently kept tapes as insurance too has a copy of the tapes too and they're trying to locate her so what the one thing i found stunning was that he said the fbi never followed up can you imagine you have a lead think about i mean think about how damning that there's an actual trusted informant not just some joe blow a trusted informant or you have a great history with one of your highest paid informants that has come through over and over again then he comes in and says hey i talked to this burisma guy he's got these recordings he claims apparently the daughter has this a copy of them too and nobody from the fbi like tried to get a hold of the father or the daughter that that is stunning al it is it's stunning I mean, what does that say about the the FBI and the investigation of Hunter? I mean, if somebody came to you and said, "I have this," you know, you know, yeah, yeah, you do it covertly. You try to at least rule it in or out, but to not even pick up the phone and try to locate the father or the daughter—that that to me is such a that is so disingenuous to the American public, don't you think, it really Al? Is. Oh, I agree. It was shocking. I'm so glad you brought that up, Al. Thank you, because because if that comes through. Um, that could be a bombshell. You know, if it comes through that indeed uh, that they can locate the guy or they can locate, you know, the daughter and there actually is an audio tape and it can be verified that it's not tampered with and that it's legitimate. And you actually hear a conversation with Hunter and you hear a conversation, more importantly, with then Vice President Joe Biden. And he's saying blank for blank and money and like, you know, according again, all allegations at this point. But if you hear it, just like you said, like in the ab scam and some of these other you know things we've heard throughout history, I think that's irrefutable. If you can get to that point, the question is, you know, we don't know at this point um, if they exist. We don't even know if the people still exist. And by the way, they need to stay away from windows because, you know, the way things are going these days, uh, you know, who knows? You know, hope that they stay uh, healthy and alive so they can at least reveal whatever they have to the American public or rule it out, whatever it is. If it's a rumor, then, you know, let's, uh, you know, poo-poo it, get rid of it, you know. But if it's true, the American public deserves to see it and they deserve to hear it. 
And that, I think, would absolutely, just like you said, that would be a bombshell. If you can get that, um, then, boy, that could change everything. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Just saying that James Comer had told us earlier today, this is amazing. When we were talking with the congressman, the head of the House Oversight Committee, basically saying that they're trying to track down family members and that Burisma guy, remember, who has the audio recordings reportedly, again, according to a whistleblower, that maybe implicates President Biden basically with a pay for play scheme and also Hunter Biden. So the daughter may exist, he was saying to us, uh, that he heard that she's alive. They're trying to track her down. He also said that he plans to call a whole bunch of people before Congress and that he also expects Devin Archer, who is the former business associate. He was on the Burisma board with Hunter Biden. Uh, boy, could he have a big story to tell. And that's maybe coming up in about two weeks. So that could be a bombshell. So there could be some really explosive stuff, and the floodgates could be opening very soon on the Biden family. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to to Nicholas, uh, line three in Florida. Nicholas, your thoughts about all this? I really enjoyed your interview earlier today. Hey, Nicholas, it's breaking up. Uh, Call us back. Give us a call back if you could. Try to fix your reception. Let's go to Mike. Line two. Your thoughts, Mike? I don't read it. Yeah, you know, what struck me funny when Biden was a a vice vice president, China wanted our long-range secrets to our GE bombers, the, the engines, the jet engines. So they sent some top guy from GE to China and gave them the information on how to build their long-range bomber uh, jet engines for their long-range bombers. You know, and, and that just struck me really, really bad that they would do something like that. And there's another thing. Back when Hillary Clinton was president, right, they were selling stocks to the Sudan oil. In other words, Amico BP found oil in southern Sudan, and we were buying the stocks. When Bush got in, they stopped those stocks. You know, a million and a half people were murdered for that for that oil. It was found under the Christian section. So what happened to to those to to, to the people that were selling these stocks to America? And uh, you know, did Biden have any connection with that or his son? That yeah, was in southern Sudan. Those, by the way, those are great questions. I know that uh, Comer was talking about today uh, the Congo. Um, and said that there are other parts of Africa they're looking into. So who knows, Mike? Great, great questions. Uh, let's go to Monique real quick. Line one. Monique, your thoughts real quick. So you, you pay attention to this stuff better than I do, Rita. Has anybody offered a legitimate product or service that the Bidens have given in exchange for all of this money? That's a great, great question, because apparently it's connections. It's getting into companies. Uh, Comer says that he has some pretty strong evidence of quid pro quo. Let's see what it is. Uh, But it seems like favors. 
and connections. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show. Later on in this hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, Daniel Penny, the former Marine, has now been arraigned in court and he entered a plea of not guilty tied to the chokehold death of the homeless guy, Jordan Neely. Uh, what is your reaction of where this case is going to go? Boy, uh, things are really getting heated on all sides and there are some powerful statements that came out after the arraignment today. Of course, Daniel Penny, the 24-year-old guy, uh, former Marine, he has been charged on a series of different counts, one of them including second-degree manslaughter, and it was for the death of Jordan Neely on May 1st on that crowded subway train in New York. And after the hearing today, his attorneys came out, and I thought they made a really powerful statement Take a listen. This is what Steve Reiser, he is one of the Marines attorneys, said that this is not just really a case about Daniel Penny, that this is a case about people just fed up. And do they have a right to defend themselves and also defend others? Take a listen. Here's what Steve Reiser, Daniel Penny's attorney, had to say after his client entered the not guilty pleas. Take a listen. Danny won't be the only one on trial. The right and duty to defend one another will be on trial, too. So our legal team at Razor and Kniff is ready to fight for Danny and for every New Yorker's right and duty to defend each other when faced with grave harm. And the other attorney representing also Daniel Penny, Thomas Kenneth, had this to say, saying that he thinks because the jury is from New York, that they will understand exactly what Daniel Penny faced on that subway train. Take a listen. The reality is that there is not a living, breathing soul in Manhattan that has not experienced a variation of what not only Mr. Penny, but the other individuals experienced on that subway car on the day in question. And we were not allowed to look at the issues on the subway train. He's basically saying they're going to look at them much more intensely, that other people that were on that train will indeed be able to describe the environment of how scary it was, how claustrophobic it is. And when something happens on a subway train and they were underground at the time, there's nowhere to go. Suddenly, Jordan Neely gets on. He is threatening people. It is a very dangerous and it's a very scary situation. And for all of those different reasons, they believe that basically self-defense is on trial. Do you agree? And do you believe that this is a pivotal case? Because the world is really watching to see what is happening in this case. Here's the guy says he stood up trying to protect other people on the train. We know that the homeless guy comes on. He's making threats and that I don't believe, based on anything that I've heard, that Daniel Penny had any intent 
to kill the homeless guy. He just wanted to subdue him. He just wanted to make sure that the guy was not about to kill everybody on the train. The guy was saying, I'm going to kill you, mother blanks. I don't care if I spend the rest of my life behind bars, if I'm in jail the rest of my life. That's pretty scary, threatening stuff. Took off his jacket, definitely was sort of shouting and throwing things at people, getting in people's faces. Was this guy supposed to wait until he attacked other people on the train? Where do you see this case headed? And do you believe that it is a good sign that it's a New York jury? Do you believe that he will get a fair trial in New York City? And do you think that other people who've been on the subways will go, you know what? Boy, uh, this could be a very scary situation. And if I was on that train, uh, I sure as heck would want a Daniel Penny on the train there protecting me and standing up for me and for other people on the train. I mean, there's many times people have been on the subway and it is a scary, downright frightening situation. I've been there where people have come on and man or woman said really kooky, wacky things. It is a scary situation. It's not just in New York. It's happening all over the country. There are so many people that are mentally ill, that are having issues, that are often armed. They're dangerous. They're often on drugs. We still don't know the autopsy. That is also stunning in the Daniel Penny case. Why is it so long now that we haven't even gotten the autopsy or the toxicology? We don't know if there was anything in a system. Why is it taking so long? Maybe is there something to hide there that maybe Alvin Bragg's office doesn't want to share? It is really unusual that we haven't seen the toxicology reports. That would indicate if there are drugs in the system. So where do you see the case going? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And if you are on the jury and Daniel Penny is the defendant, would you find him not guilty? I would find him not guilty. I would say the guy's a hero. He tried to stand up. I think you need to send a message that it's okay for other people to help. Do you want to send a message where people just say, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to help. I'm just going to stand back and allow somebody to be assaulted. Is that the message you want to send to America with this kind of a case? That's a very dangerous place to be. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are also talking about all of these bombshell revelations. And there are many, you guys, tied to the Hunter Biden case. We were talking in the earlier hour about James Comer because he was here in studio and talking with us on an earlier show. And boy, it was explosive what he was sharing, the money trail and the extent of the investigation that he's doing. He believes it's going to take at least a few more months. Uh, But boy, he is going and methodically interviewing people, talking to people, trying to connect the dots. And this sure sounds like it is very, very explosive. Meantime, also, as that's going on in the House Oversight Committee, also on the other side, the House Ways and Means Committee, they're also separately looking into all the IRS stuff and these allegations of money. And also, was there interference in the Hunter Biden tax investigation and gun investigation? Sure seems like it. Well, the whistleblower, one of the guys who was in charge of this, uh, he's the senior supervisory agent, uh, Agent Gary Shapley. Now, this is really fascinating because he came right out 
and did an interview not too long ago, just a few hours ago. He's talking to Brett Bear, and I want to play this. This is cut number nine. And he basically comes out and says he basically uh, had his hands tied behind his back in the investigation, that it was not such a genuine investigation in any shape or form. Take a listen to what he said. He is going full face. He is a well-known guy. And he is, again, a senior supervisory agent there at the IRS. I mean, this is a credible guy. Take a listen. As far as the president's involvement in that, so that's kind of the crux of of one of the issues here is that we weren't allowed to ask questions about dad. We weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. We weren't allowed to include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. So, um, you know, we were precluded from following that line of questioning. We were precluded from asking about the big guy. I mean, that's ridiculous. How are you going to do an investigation? It doesn't sound like they wanted to know anything. It was like, oh, no, no, no. Let's just try to do a little slap on the wrist. I hope the judge who gets to look at this plea deal says, you know what? Something doesn't smell right. Let's maybe investigate this a little bit more. And by the way, since it doesn't involve any jail time or any issues, let's just kind of put this on hold, Hunter Biden, until we sort this out with all these very serious allegations coming from IRS agents, including a senior supervisory agent of many years. This is this Gary Shapley guy. Here's a little bit more of what he basically says uh, was clearly hampering at the highest levels. So the Hunter Biden was just a slap on the wrist. And don't you dare do anything tied to the father. Take a listen. This is explosive. Are you convinced looking back at this now that this was an effort to protect President Biden and his family? Uh, I mean, we were conducting an investigation of Hunter Biden, and we were trying to follow the normal process. We were trying to get to the bottom of it, and ultimately, you know, if it was going to lead to another individual, you know, we should follow that to uh, to determine what is actually happening. Um, but you know, there were definitely hindrances that I've never seen before in my 14 years concerning this investigation that didn't allow us to follow through an investigation of, uh, of, of, of any other individual to include President Biden. Yeah, so he had never seen anything like this before. Also said, it looks like they also tipped off, apparently said, hey, by the way, uh, there's basically going to be a raid on the storage shed uh, giving a tip off. I mean, what is that? How is that a serious investigation? It's not in any shape or form. And here is Mark Lytle. He is the attorney for Gary Shapley, and we talked with him earlier on Katz and Cosby and listen to the way he describes uh, Gary Shapley, who is a veteran senior supervisory IRS agent. This is not just some Joe Blow. This is an accomplished guy. And he says, boy, he had a lot of courage to come forward. And he is now coming out full face, saying his name. He has nothing to hide. And he says the investigation into Hunter Biden just stinks. Uh, Gary Shapley's uh, a very heroic figure. Uh, He's a 14-year veteran of the uh, IRS criminal investigation section. And um, he's always done what he thought was right. And um, in this case, he saw things that are outside of the norm, preferential treatment. And he said he just couldn't live with himself if he said nothing. And so he's come forward and we it's been my job to make sure he does it legally and under the law and uh, in the right way. And he's been doing that. 
think about the guts of this guy. They're working for decades at the IRS. He's a senior supervisor and he's naming names. He's saying that there were six other people in this meeting and they're not again just some Joe Blows. It's like the special agent of charge uh, with the Baltimore division that oversees Delaware. So these were like senior people. He's putting them all on record. And I hope that they all get called to testify under oath to be able to talk about this because boy, is it important. Um, let's go to Joe. Uh, and line seven real quick from Jericho. Go ahead, Joe. I hope I have more than a couple of seconds here. I waited a long time. Anyway, uh, Joe, quickly, can I say uh, one thing? I am happy to have you. I always love having you. Go ahead, my friend. All right. Rapid fire, Rita, my love. First of all, history is repeating itself. And those who don't know how to learn from the mistakes of history are condemned to repeat them. And just as the evil Japanese empire militarized islands, which they used to attack Philippines, uh, China, and uh, the Pearl Harbor, same thing with China's doing, communist China. And it's, and it's a disgrace. And also, uh, Hunter Biden, who should be doing life in Leavenworth, what he did was treasonous. And another thing, he's on $3 billion, Rita. That's what it is. This is going to be so deep. The judge should throw this out and say, no, he has to do jail time. Rita, he pulled that gun on his mistress, his sister-in-law. He was banging. She decided. And and hang on a second, Joe. Hold on a second. Also, remember, the gun was also put like in a dumpster near a school. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some stuff there. Reckless endangerment, child endangerment. These are felonies. He should be doing time. And Rita, I love you. But cut that, cut out the mafia references, please. I don't like that. Why is it an, is, line, is it an insult to the mafia? <laughs> it's, an insult, it's an insult to um, Italo-Americans, okay, which I'm one. But Biden doesn't have a drop. Hey, by the, by the way, by the way, by the way, I like I like the mob movies. I'll tell you, I like The Godfather, the one, two, and three. But you got to admit, Joe, when you hear it, sounds like like uh, like almost like a shakedown. The way he talks in these WhatsApp. How would you describe it, Joe? I describe it as the old uh, the the robber barons uh, and and the muckray, you know, the robber robber barons, and that's Joseph Robinette Robin Baron Biden. And by the way. Father and son, father and scum. They were a disgrace to this country. And the two brothers and the sister made money off of dead Americans, dead Italians, dead Poles, and American and NATO troops in Afghanistan and Iraq. They made money, just as Dick Cheney did. That's blood money, Rita. Well, and, and, by, and by the way, if there was any money made off of it, um, like you said, uh, that's a big issue. But the other big issue, too, Joe, that you just reminded me about is also the withdrawal of Afghanistan. Boy, uh, was that a pathetic, dismal and, and a total disgrace, I think. Um, and sad, you know, uh, what a sad, sad testament and all those lives that were lost at Abbey Gate when that suicide bomber exploded. I mean, there's so many policy issues there. But your point about the money and even just the issues on the surface, Joe, you you made a great point there about the money on the surface in terms of uh, even on the tax issue and even on the gun issue. Boy, is he getting special. And I hope that the judge in this case at least has the guts to say, let's just wait. Let's wait and let's look at this. 
first of all, look at the charges here and who knows what else uh, Comer and these others come up with in the meantime. Joe, thank you very much. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to talk about Daniel Penny and the fact that he has entered a not guilty plea. His attorney is saying that self-defense basically in America is on trial. I agree. And we're going to talk about that. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are talking about the fact that Daniel Penny, the 24-year-old former Marine, he now had his arraignment just a few hours ago in New York City, and he's accused of killing the very agitated subway rider last month, putting him in a chokehold. And Daniel Penny is charged with two different counts. One is a second-degree manslaughter. The other is criminally negligent homicide. For the second-degree manslaughter, he could get 15 years. For the criminally negligent homicide, four years. And it's actually an interesting case because he could potentially uh, serve quite a bit of time behind bars if he's found guilty. It comes down to awareness. Was he aware when he put the homeless man who was making some very serious threats on the subway train was he aware when he put him in the, the chokehold that he could kill him? And also, was he aware that the guy was, quote, potentially dying or did he think he was just subduing him? A lot of it's going to go to intent. It is a fascinating, fascinating case. Where do you think this is going and do you think he can get a fair trial in New York? Let's go to Mike, line six. Mike, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. I don't think he's going to get a fair trial unless there are 12 white men on that jury. He is not getting a fair trial because this country has a president and a vice president who has promoted a race war and the race war is against whites, blacks against whites. I walk the streets in the Bronx. So you, you believe you believe you believe race. You believe you believe race is playing a role in this. Race has played a role in everything since uh, 2020. With Trump, with Trump, it's a race thing, also, and that's what I believe. I do not trust a jury with a black person. I, I don't and, consider and you know them what? my and peers. You, and you know what? You know what, Mike? By the way, what a sad testament. I, I, to me, think as long as somebody is reasonable, um, I don't believe it's as clear as you do. Clearly, I don't agree with that. And I think this is not about race. This is about self-defense. That should not come into play. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, which I love doing every night here on The Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, where Vietnam-era veterans and also their families were recognized at a very special ceremony during the Vietnam War commemoration, which took place at the Loft Conference Center there just a few days ago. The event served as a long overdue welcome home to those who served from November 1955 to May 1975. More than 60 Vietnam-era veterans, those who served between that time, gathered together to receive lapel pins, presidential proclamations, and roses donated in recognition of the loved ones who waited for them to come home. The evening also included a moment of silence while taps was played for those who never returned from Vietnam, recognition of prisoners of war and those missing in action, and a video thanking veterans present for their unwavering service. And of course, most important at all, the long overdue thank you to those who did come back to say, welcome home. Uh, very, very powerful, and how beautiful that they were recognized for their powerful service on behalf of America. And of course, we love all of our great veterans. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you to our Vietnam veterans. I know we have so many of them who listen to the show, and we love and we appreciate you deeply. Well, we are talking about the former Marine, Daniel Penny, who stood up uh, when maybe a lot of other people would not have on that subway train. We're talking about on the train when Jordan Neely, the homeless man who has a history of taking drugs, he took the drug K2 at one point, according to one of his family members, uh, took it. And that's a hallucinogenic. We don't know if he was on it the day when he went on the subway train, but it was a crowded New York subway train when he was suddenly making very serious threats, getting in people's faces, saying, I'm going to kill a mother blank. I don't care if I spend the rest of my life behind bars in jail. I don't care. Uh, really scary stuff. Took off his jacket, was throwing it down, throwing food. Really scary stuff and getting in people's faces to the point where eyewitnesses, other people who didn't know the Marine, said they felt really scared. And now, so Daniel Penny, as we know, has now been charged with two serious counts. One of them, again, is second-degree manslaughter. The other is criminally negligent homicide. The more severe one is the second-degree manslaughter. What they basically have to show, the prosecutors in this case, Alvin Bragg, what a surprise, surprise. Well, what they would have to show is basically an awareness that Daniel Penny knew by putting him in a chokehold, Jordan Neely, the homeless guy, that he would kill him. And that at one point way before, you know, way after he had subdued him to the point where he was basically dying, that Daniel Penny intentionally kept going, knowing that he could kill him. So there's a lot of stuff that has to go to intent. It would have to go to what other eyewitnesses there on the subway train saw. What did they hear? What did they think was going on through Daniel Penny's mind? Obviously, I think at some point he probably has to take the stand. I still contend he should have taken the stand during the grand jury process. He should have testified and talked before the grand jury. Um, it's very risky because maybe he says something that hurts him later in the case, but potentially maybe the grand jury might not have even charged him if they saw and looked at him 
And he explained, listen, I was just trying to defend people on the subway. This is what happened. Maybe they might not have charged him. But now they are where they are. And today was his arraignment. And again, it all goes to intent and proving that he was negligent, that he was intentionally basically reckless, that any other person would have sort of known that that was way too far. There's a lot of those kind of things that will come in. They'll talk about the chokehold. What was the training on the chokehold uh, that he got as a Marine, I'm sure, will come into play. Um, they'll have, again, a lot of those witnesses. They'll also have the 911 calls because people were calling 911. Um, I think some of the best evidence to help him is also the fact that there were two guys who were helping him to hold the homeless guy down, Jordan Neely, because he was like still flailing and still fighting and still looking very aggressive to all these other passengers on that train that day. The other guys were not holding back Jordan Neely. They, I mean, were not holding back Daniel Penny, the Marine. They were holding down Jordan Neely. They were helping the Marine when he held him in the chokehold. They were holding the homeless guy down because he was still flailing. And it took three guys to subdue him, basically, to hold him down. And also, apparently, according to witnesses and also the Marine, he was saying, hey, you know, call police. Get police here as soon as you can. Took police a while to get there because we don't have a lot of police on the subway. But this comes at a time where crime is rampant on the subway and elsewhere. So it's a scary time. And I think having a New York jury does help him tremendously. Where do you see this case going and what do you think is the best defense and the best piece of evidence to help the Marine in the case? Here, first off, is his attorney, Thomas Kenneth, who we talked to earlier today, this is the attorney for the Marine. Take a listen, because this is what he says the case will show. All the evidence that we've seen so far and all the evidence we expect to see shows that he, uh, that, that Danny acted reasonably under very difficult circumstances in a confined, confined environment that none of us would ever want to find ourselves in. And also the other attorney representing the Marine, Steve Reiser, said it is time for people to step up and defend the Marine. Obviously, a lot of people have. They've contributed to the Go Send Go uh, account, almost three million bucks to defend him because it's going to be an expensive defense. Uh, but his attorney says it is time for people to have the Marines back because he says he had the backs of everybody on the subway that day. Take a listen. On May 1st, 2023, Danny defended his fellow travelers. Now it's our turn to defend Dan. Now it's our time to defend him. And I do think that his intent was to protect everybody on the train. I do not believe that. I know the last caller talked about race and all those other things. I don't believe Daniel Penny. And he's even said he didn't see race. All he saw was an agitated homeless man who was threatening and extremely aggressive and talking about killing a mother blank. Guess what? That's a scary place to be. You're on a crowded subway and the guy's taking off his coat and getting in faces and who knows what he's about to do next. I don't believe he saw color in Jordan Neely. I believe he saw a threat to him and everybody else on that train. Despite that, take a listen to the way the attorney for the family of Jordan Neely, this is what they had to say after the arraignment today. You got to hear this because the attorney for Jordan Neely, this guy named Dante Mills, basically said 
that everybody who gave money to help the Marine, uh, that uh, the, the case is just a slam dunk basically against him and you should get your money back. Listen to this guy. Daniel Penny killed a man. He took a life. And for everyone who thought donating $3 million would somehow make this go away or buy his pass, it's not going to happen. That is so insulting, or buy his pass. Like, in other words, uh, yeah, you know, he suddenly just got on the train and said, I'm going to put somebody in a chokehold and kill them. And we're just going to give him money, people, to help him uh, because we want to give him a free pass. Uh, this is like such a uh, like an alternate universe. Has this guy has this guy ever been on a subway train? I assume he has. He lives in New York. Anybody who's been on a subway train knows how scary it is. And he and all these other people make it sound like Jordan Neely just got on the train and for no reason was choked. Uh, is there anybody out there that thinks that that's the case? And what do you think is going to be the best defense for this Marine who can show that he did not have the intent to kill Jordan Neely? And also, why do we not have the toxicology reports? It has been weeks upon weeks now. What the heck is going on with that? Is there a cover up there? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line seven. Tony, your thoughts. Hi, Rita Cosby. So my thoughts are there's there's a very important thing that's going on in New York and and in the in the Alvin Bragg and his group. And there's a denial that the subways aren't safe. And that concerns me for Daniel Penny. I believe he served in the military. I believe he has an exemplary record from what I've heard. And I believe that that should be part of his case as well. So. New York City is in denial that the subways are not safe. That concerns me. Number two, not only don't we have the toxicology report yet, his attorney said today on your show with John that the two other people that were there with him are not part of this. So so that to me is like we just want to get we don't want that as part of this. And I don't understand why. You know, Tony, I'm glad you brought that up because I found that really interesting. I asked that question because I was really curious, like, what's the deal with these other two guys? Because if you look at again, clearly on the subway and, and, and just the pure facts, I mean, to me, this to me is a really good part of the defense for Daniel Penny, because, again, they weren't protecting Daniel like separating Daniel Penny away from Jordan Neely. They were helping Daniel Penny, the Marine, holding down Jordan Neely because they clearly saw the the homeless guy was the threat. You know, they weren't worried about the Marine. They were worried about the homeless guy who was threatening them. Um, And I found it interesting that he said uh, that uh, they have not uh, gone after them on charges yet. Why not? If, if they played a role in this guy's death by holding him down, um, wouldn't you think that maybe they could be accomplices to the crime? If I, it is interesting. So it makes me wonder, what is Alvin Bragg, uh, trying to do? Maybe he was threatening them with charges and trying to get them somehow to change their story. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just throwing this out as a, a surmise. But maybe, who knows? Maybe he's trying to convince one of them to go against Daniel Penny 
or else we're going to charge you, basically. Or maybe somehow they're just somewhere never to be seen and never to be charged and never any threats or anything. It's it's interesting. Isn't it wild that we haven't heard anything about those other two, Tony? Isn't that surprising? So let me also tell you, the other thing that concerns me is that we have a police department that has protocols that initially released him. Okay, and I'm not I'm not getting into the whole detail of the trial. I'm just trying to tell you my concern. And they he was released based on whatever the normal guidelines were. And I'm sure they wouldn't have released him if they were doing anything that was unprocedural or trying to show him favoritism. They released him because he really didn't do anything intentionally wrong because there were so many people supporting him. So this concerns me too, Rita. And as we wait, his attorney said that they're actually waiting. Now they're waiting for a toxicology report. I mean, this guy's summer is ruined. He, he, he's in an environment where no one cares about crime in the city. So now he's waiting for all the discovery information to come out. So his summer is shot. And they're, and they're just, now, now comes the trial. And here's what I'm worried about, Rita. I'm worried that all the jurors that come into that trial are given instructions. And I've listened to so many cases with juries because they didn't get the right instructions. People got off. Casey Anthony, you know, I've gone through all the after the fact, you know, what happens after the fact. And so a jury can be given the wrong instructions. And that concerns me. The jury, now we know there's not a lot of people in New York City that are commuters anymore. Most people don't commute. So I'm really concerned about those, those juries. And the last thing I want to say is I'm also concerned because I remember I'm not being I'm not being talking color. I'm talking maybe status. OJ's trial was moved from Brentwood to Los Angeles. And I just think there could be a better place for this trial, because I really think that any drawer that goes into Alvin Briggs courthouse is going to be intimidated and is going to be given instructions and being spoken to rigidly and be put on the spot, and they're just going to do their best to follow what they think they want done. I really am concerned about the trial. I'll tell you, Tony, I absolutely uh, feel like that Alvin Bragg definitely has his thumbs all over this. I mean, you look at what he did. I, I talk about the Jose Alba case. Remember, that was the bodega guy who was defending himself. The guy jumps behind his counter, attacks him. Jose Alba defends himself, and then he gets thrown in uh, for murder in Rikers. I mean, it's it's it was like an unbelievable, thank goodness, the public pressure basically caused him to get released. Uh, but he moved out of the country because he said, this is not justice in America. I mean, what a sad testament that was. And that's why after all that, and then you look at the way Bragg is handling Trump, uh, it's like, you know, at every turn on the business, you know, uh, disclosures and all that stuff uh, where he doesn't do it on anybody else. It's like misdemeanors. Oh, let's throw this is Alvin Bragg's justice. And he seems intent on this one for sure, because he even circumvented the grand jury. Remember, he decided the charges first and then he sent it to the grand jury second, just as a second sort of seal, if you will, of, of indictment, if you will. Um, so I, I hear what you're saying. You're right. It is a wild card uh, with Alvin Bragg uh, in control on the prosecutorial side. On the other hand, I do. I actually do think people in New York have a sense, even if they haven't ridden the subways, they've seen the headlines. And by the way, the latest numbers, New York City transit crime, misdemeanor assault, up almost 18%. Petty larceny, almost up 30%. So the numbers aren't pretty, and they see the headlines. 
Um, so I would hope he'd get a fair trial, but I think this is going to be tough. They are going to be fighting a tooth and nail. There's also going to be protests outside the courthouse. I'm sure when the trial starts, uh, this is going to get messy. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And Daniel Penny fighting for his life, saying that he was on that subway train defending others. And that's why he stepped up. And he said he has no regrets. Obviously, he is sad for the loss of life, but he says that he was doing it to protect other people on the train, including himself, and felt it was important to step up. And now uh, this case is going to get really messy, as I just said. Uh, the date, of course, for the trial, these things take a while. It is going to be at least a few more months until the next court hearing. But today he entered his plea and it's going to get very convoluted in terms of experts they're going to bring in. They're going to bring in a lot of eyewitnesses. And what about also those two other guys who were holding the homeless man down when this Marine was putting him in a chokehold to subdue him? And again, he was saying, call the police. Part of the reason also we were just talking about the police let him go. Because he voluntarily went to the police, said what happened. The police talked to other people on the train and afterwards said, let's let this guy go. Uh, and then suddenly Alvin Bragg came back with these charges. And these are serious charges. One of them could land him in, be, you know, in buying bars for up to 15 years. The other is four years. These are serious, serious charges. So what do you think needs to happen now? one 800 848 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Jimmy, line two. Jimmy, your thoughts. EMT workers, transit workers, veterans in uniform should show up supporting uh, the, the hero, along with families with their kids, prior crime victims. It's got to be all races, ministers, and everything, because uh, the DA Bragg backed off prosecuting Alba because the Hispanics rose up with others defending Alba, the victim, and the radical left, the revolutionaries, they didn't want to hurt relations between black and Hispanics. This guy now, a white guy, they're going to go after him unless the, uh, people of color show support for the hero. The hero was a hero to everybody. Yeah. By the way, so Jimmy, you're matter. right. You're right. Everybody needs to stand up and say this guy was trying to defend everybody and protecting. I, You know, a, a lot of people have been on subway trains. I have. And there are a lot of times I wish I had somebody like a Daniel Penny that was there uh, because there's sometimes really scary situations. And there are a lot of people we've talked to a lot of victims of subway crime, too, who've called into the show and we've had on his guest. Uh, and they've said, where was a Daniel Penny when they were getting attacked? Um, so it, that's a great point. Jimmy, thank you very much. Let's go to Jacqueline. Line seven. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Really quickly, uh, mega dittos to everything that every word that Jimmy just uttered. I don't want to be redundant, but Daniel Penny stood up for the people on that train, not just for himself, without uh, having any concern or fear for his own life and his own safety. 
all of us in the city of New York that are reasonable, smart, intelligent people should stand behind him the way the community stood behind Jose Alba. We can't let them get away with this. We have to fight for what we believe is right as well. Yeah, no, great point. And it shouldn't be a black-white issue. It should be, was the guy defending people? It should be a colorless issue. It should be a self-defense issue. I do agree. Self-defense is on trial, like his attorney said. And you're right, good people need to stand up. Jacqueline, thank you. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.